Well, this is the time of year when love gets a lot of attention. You walk into Walgreens or CVS and love has a whole aisle of cards. Love has a whole row of, of, of candy and bears and flowers. Love also gets radio spots too. Uh, I was listening to ESPN radio this week and an ad came on uh, on the radio uh, that said, now is the time to make up for your lame Christmas gift you gave to the one you love. Show them how much you really love them by getting them a nice diamond pendant or, <laughs> or, uh, or ring. It's on TV too, right? If you open up your favorite streaming service this time of year, what would be right on the, right on the main page there for you to see? Rom-coms, right? Rom-coms. Is it any coincidence that the new season of The Bachelor is running right now? Love. Love gets a lot of attention, except is it really love? Maybe real love is different than people think. As one of my favorite singer-songwriters says, love is different than you'd think. It's never in a song or on a TV screen, and love is harder than a word said at the right time and everything's all right. Love is different than you'd think. The truth is, real love is different than people think. Uh, The world can make us think that love can be captured and sent in a Hallmark card or absorbed from the TV screen or picked up at a store, but but real love, the kind of love that, that God created is so much more than that. The love we see in cards, in stores, on phones or TV is is not always the same kind of love that we see uh, in the Bible. In our culture, love is very feelings-based. It can be bought and sold. It's easy. It's romanticized. While feeling love and having that emotion is important, in the Bible, love is different. It's harder and more beautiful. It's about sharing life. It's about loyalty. It's about giving. It's about selfless action on behalf of another. It's about commitment. And God is both the source and the model for real love. So we thought we would get real love, give real love some love over the next three weeks in a sermon series we're calling For the Love of Love. So in the midst of of all the candy hearts and the rom-coms and the valentines, we might be reminded of what real love looks like. Today we look at the power of love in friendship. Let us pray. God, open our hearts and minds to your word for us this day. We pray that it would take root there, that it would grow us and transform us, that we might live for you and bear fruit for your kingdom. This we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Two readings this morning, one from 1 Samuel, uh, the 18th chapter, verses 1 through 5, and then from the Gospel of John. Listen for God's word. As soon as David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan's life became bound up with David's life, and Jonathan loved David as much as himself. From that point forward, Saul kept David in his service and wouldn't allow him to return to his father's household. And Jonathan and David made a covenant together because Jonathan loved David as much as himself. Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing and gave it to David along with his armor as well as his sword, his bow, and his belt. David went out and was successful in every mission Saul sent him to do. So Saul placed him in charge of the soldiers and this pleased all the troops as well 
as Saul's servants. Then from John chapter 15, verse 15, Jesus says, I don't call you servants any longer because servants don't know what their master is doing. Instead, I call you friends because everything I heard from my father, I have made known to you. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. One of the most beautiful uh, expressions in the Bible of the kind of love that has its source in God's love is friendship. Friendship. Jonathan and David's friendship is described as their lives being bound together. Jesus Christ calls his disciples friends. In the New Testament, one of the most common Greek words for love is philio. The Greek word for friend, philos, comes from this verb. So a friend is immediately understood as one who loves. Friendship is one of the most powerful expressions of a kind of love that is with and for, a loyal love, a love that is about sharing life with someone else through thick and thin. But friendship is becoming harder and more elusive. It's it's a rare things these days. The world has forgotten how to practice friendship. Demands of our life, our tribalism, our increased mobility, and the digital age all make friendship hard. We only want to talk to, to people who think and act like us. We don't want to be encumbered by someone else's issues. As soon as someone says something we don't like, we We simply unfriend them. When we do or say something that hurts someone else, instead of drawing closer to them to say, I was wrong, I'm sorry, we fall back on our reason for hurting them. And at the same time, loneliness is reported in record number. We feel more isolated than ever before. We watch shows about friends because it's something we feel like we long for or don't have or have lost along the way. I mean, think about for a moment how many of the most popular, successful TV shows have been about people practicing friendship through thick and thin. I Love Lucy, Golden Girls, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Friends, Big Bang Theory, right? Our culture is full of lonely, siloed people watching shows about friends or scrambling to find digital ones. Because we have this feeling deep down that friendship must be important, special, that there's a kind of love and friendship that that is different and real and powerful. You know what? We're on to something. And it's abundantly clear in Scripture. Jonathan and David's friendship was certainly powerful. Jonathan was the son of King Saul, the first king of Israel. Of course, God had also already chosen David to be the king of Israel, because of Saul's disobedience. And after David defeated Goliath, he met with Saul, and his friendship with Jonathan was born. Scripture tells us that as soon as David finished speaking with Saul about defeating Goliath, Jonathan's life became bound up with David's life. And Jonathan cared about David as much as he cared about himself. As a way of showing just how bound his life was with David's. Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing 
as well as his armor, his sword, his bow, his belt, and he gave it to David. This is Jonathan saying, David, I'm getting on your bus, right? In modern slang, this would be Jonathan saying, David, you're my ride or die person. Notice how this friendship is represented and and described. Two lives being bound together. Caring for someone else as much as yourself. Sharing everything important to you with another. That's the kind of love that friendship carries. Friendship love is about willing to be loyal to someone. To share all with someone. To care for someone as much as you care for yourself. Friendship love is a kind of love that has the power even to transcend self-interest. Because by binding himself to David, Jonathan was forgoing his own status as future king. It is to be with someone through the ups and the downs. And David and Jonathan would certainly have those because later on, uh, David and Jonathan would certainly have the ups and downs and yet the loyal love being bound together would would prove to, to hold true. Because later on, Saul got jealous of David and turned on him and began to hunt him down to to kill him. And Jonathan remained faithful to David and helped David out, warning him of his father's intent and, and helping him to hide. Friendship is loyal love, and loyal love is friendship. I thought about this, this story of David and Jonathan's, Jonathan and David's friendship as a kind of backdrop for Jesus' remarkable statement to his disciples and therefore to us. I do not call you servants any longer because servants don't know what their master is doing. Instead, I call you friends because everything I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. In Jesus Christ, God befriended us. What a friend we have in Jesus, as we just sang. Jonathan and David's life became bound together. In Jesus, God's life and our human life were bound together. Friendship. Jonathan loved David just as he loved himself. God loved us with the same love that God loved God's self within the divine life of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Friendship. Jonathan shared his robe, his armor, his belt, his sword, his bow as a way of saying, David, everything that I have that matters to me is yours. I'm sharing my life with you. He's willing to offer to David what he has. Jesus humbled himself and shared everything with us. Jesus did not hold back his plans and purposes. Everything I heard from my father, I made known to you. Jesus shared his life completely with us. Indeed, he gave everything to his friends, his knowledge of God in his own life. The fourth century theologian Ambrose uh, captures this well. He says, let us reveal our heart to a friend and let him reveal his to us. Therefore, Jesus said, I have called you friends because all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. Therefore, a friend hides nothing If he is true, he pours forth his mind just as the Lord Jesus poured forth the mysteries of his Father. In sharing everything through friendship, Jesus enables his disciples and us to trust and participate in the friendship shared between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
friendship. Jonathan was fiercely loyal to David, even at a cost to save him. Jesus was fiercely loyal to his disciples and to us, despite our betrayal, despite the cost of his own life to save us. No one has greater love than this, than to give up one's life for one's friends. That was Jesus. Friends, we understand that God has befriended us in Jesus. God has saved us through friendship with Christ. We experience and know true love, God's loyal love, God's loyal stick by our side through thick and love, through thick and thin love, through Jesus as friend. Not because God agreed with us, not because we were perfect, not because God would get something out of it, not because we thought and acted exactly like God. No, friendship with Christ, because God's love is loyal, because God's love is willing to share all and hold nothing back. Because God is willing to be with, to be with. Loyal love is friendship. Friendship is loyal love. And there's such great power in that, isn't there? Such great power. Think about, think about middle school. Think about going into a new job. Think about stepping into a church. Think about going to a social gathering. You show up, you, you walk in, you're nervous, anxious, like, how am I going to do this? How, 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 am I, how am I going to make it? And then you see a friend there, and everything changes, doesn't it? You calm down. You think, okay. With, with, with them here, I, I can do this because I know they're with me and they're for me. Or you get a difficult medical diagnosis from the doctor. You experience deep conflict in your family or in your workplace. You experience a deep personal loss, the loss of a loved one, the loss of a dream, the loss of a job. You experience guilt for something you've done or, or discouragement from a failure, and, and you don't know how at first you're going to make it through this valley place. And then a friend shows up. A friend comes alongside you, fiercely loyal, willing to journey with you through thick and thin, willing to share all of life with you. Like, here's everything I know. Here's everything I have. Here I am. Here's me. It's yours. And all of a sudden, things look different. You find you, you can push through much easier when you have a friend sticking by your side. You think, yes, they're with me, and they're for me, present, real, loyal love. In his wonderful book called Love Does, Bob Goff tells the story of being in high school and meeting a, a guy named Randy. Randy had three things I didn't have, Bob says, a Triumph motorcycle, a beard, and a girlfriend. Bob found out that Randy was a Christian who worked for Young Life. Randy tried to engage Bob often in conversations about Jesus, but Bob kept him at arm's length. But that didn't stop Randy from being genuinely interested in Bob and Bob's life. And eventually, they became good friends. One day, Bob decided that he was just done with high school. Uh, he was going to move to Yosemite, find a job, and spend his days rock climbing. So Bob packed a down vest, two-rand bandanas, 
a pair of climbing shoes, 75 bucks into his VW Bug, and drove by Randy's house on the way to Yosemite just to say goodbye, out of courtesy. Hey, I just wanted to thank you for hanging out with me and being a good friend. Just wanted to tell you I'm leaving now. Randy stared for a second and then went back into the house to to get something. And when he came back to the door, he had a tattered backpack hanging over his shoulder in a sleeping bag. And all he said was, Bob, I'm with you. Can I hitch a ride to Yosemite too? Bob was surprised that that Randy came along. They got got to Yosemite and slept on sleeping bags without a tent on one of the tent platforms. The next morning, Randy accompanied Bob as he tried to to get a job, first flipping pancakes at the cafeteria, then uh, working at the rock climbing outfitters. No success on the job front. Instead of saying, I told you so, Randy said, you know, you can do this if you want. Let's try just a few more places. Either way, I'm with you. Well, Bob proceeded to strike out on, on jobs, and you can probably guess what happened. They went back to camp, slept in the sleeping bags again, open air, Bob had a conversation with himself that night. The next morning they woke up, Bob said to Randy, you know, it was so great for you to come up here with me and all that, but, you know, I think I'm going to head back and finish high school. Once again, Randy said, man, whatever you decide, Bob, I'm with you. Bob comments that it, it, it wasn't just a nice statement all of those times. It was the reality. Randy didn't see him as a project but as his friend. Randy didn't just say he was for me or with me. He actually was. And, Bob says, that changed my view permanently on what it means to have a friendship with Jesus. Not a project, but a friend. That's the power of loyal love, a friendship. The love and friendship is more about being present with someone, for someone, through it all, than undertaking some kind of project or expedient arrangement. Friendship does not arise from necessity. We enter into it freely. And Jesus is both the source and the model for it. Friends, I believe that God is calling us into the kind of love that is loyal, the kind of love expressed through friendship. If we are people that Jesus has called friends, then by extension, God is calling us to be good friends. Through friendship, we come to know God, and through friendship, we enact the love of God kind of love willing to share all, the kind of love willing to be present with and for no matter what. God is calling us to embody the kind of love that is loyal. And we give worth to Jesus' friendship of us by making friends with our neighbors, with our coworkers, with our teammates, with teammate parents, so that that kind of loyal, sharing all kind of love spreads. And we can risk friendship with others because Jesus has been a friend to us. So may you experience and practice loyal love through friendship with people who think like you and with people who don't. With people who live like you and people who don't. With people who vote like you and people 
who don't, with people who look like you and people who don't, with, with neighbors you like and those hard to get along with. And may it be the way that we say, thank you, Jesus, for being my friend. May it be the way that our friendships become the stage where God's loyal love stands out. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.